returned the king yet again requesting his crown the patriot empire reigns but high above soaring on wings woven with wishes an eagle with the face of foals general belichick at his but high above what are you guys doing wings woven with wishes and eagle they were with the face of I'm out of my hair are you hearing it I hear you talking right now oh yeah. I'm hearing stuff from 15 seconds ago what are you guys doing I heard I thought they were recording something you're right <laughs> yeah it's it's 15 seconds behind okay I'm ta- I'm trying that again that was awesome okay one more time this I can still hear myself god damn it all right how did that happen they have 15 seconds behind. No. Oh, is that what it is? It's your. It's his That's laptop. That's incredible. Stupid little left go. All right, guys, hold on. This is a very oh dramatic God. moment. It's already over. It's over. Stuck in a land of time where the host of the show is a fucking idiot. He messed up the opening of the show. You know what? It wouldn't be right if I nailed it the first time. All right, here we go. Here's what we're doing. Hold on. Hold on. Shut up. Shut up. They have returned. The king yet again requesting his crown. The Patriot Empire reigns. But high above, soaring on wings woven with wishes, an eagle with the face of foals. General Belichick and his army of orcs extending their reign of terror. The only chance for humanity. A group of men cast off as dogs. Thirteen years they've waited for this chance. A chance to end an era that has engulfed a nation and now that nation turns to them. February 4th, Philadelphia, New England, the Super Bowl to end all Super Bowls, the depth of a dynasty, the rescue of the realm. This is Sims and Lefko. That's what it was going to be. That was good. Damn it. Take 42 there, but that was good. Facebook, I am so excited the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Not even that is going to mess it up. The freaking Eagles. The Eagles. We sat in stunned silence, shaking our heads as they piled up all of those damn points. And they will be facing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good game. Oh, it is going to be a good game. Uh, Did you enjoy the games yesterday? I enjoyed the first game immensely. I mean, you know me. I love watching Jacksonville play. And then I love to watch New England playing a team that is far more talented than they were. But yet, the sport of football, what makes it so great is just because you got the better players doesn't mean Mm. you win. It's about creativity, execution, and that's where the Patriots become the great equalizer. Let's not waste any more time. I think it's important on a game like the championship games to find out not just who raises the bar, but who set the bar. Chris Sims, out of the two games yesterday, 
Which player was the bar for you in championship Sunday? Don't even waste your time with your bar because my guy's the bar. He's staying there. He's up there. We've uh, it's he's got twenty five bolts in there to make sure it's the bar. Okay, Tom Brady is my bar center because he's unbelievable. Age forty, the obstacles he's had to overcome this year. Uh, Oh hey, you got stitches. Oh hey, Gronkowski gets knocked out in the first half of the game. Oh the dynasty's ending. It's dysfunctional up there. Brady, Kraft, and Belichick aren't on the same page anymore negative ghost rider tom brady was amazing yesterday against one of the most talented defenses he ever faced and i just never doubted it for a second that he wasn't going to bring him back 26 to 38 292 touchdowns no run game man brady they fumbled the ball with 13 minutes left and they right. still and they punted with six right. and they still, still won. won uh that's great but great. there's a new kid on the block and his name is Big something, Nick. <laughs> Nick Foles, 352 yards, three touchdowns. It looked like Carson Wentz out there. It was incredible. Throwing off the run, flea flickers, running the ball, doing whatever he needed. Nick Foles was the quarterback that we saw in Oakland with seven touchdowns. We saw Chip Kelly Nick Foles against the Vikings on Sunday, and all of a sudden, because of that performance— He didn't just set the bar. He didn't just raise the bar. He was the bar to a point where the Eagles look like they genuinely have a chance to win the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Those are your players that were the bar. It's amazing. I want to start off. First of all, just say that comment again. I mean, because you do. Everyone's already, like, crowning the Patriots. I I just. No. I I watched a team beat the Vikings 38 to 3. 38 to 7. 38-7. Right. Their offense clicked on all syllables. Mm-hmm. Cylinders. Syllabers. I can't speak right now. And no, they have a chance. I know they do. I'm I'm with you. I'm just trying to say that, like I, the things I've heard today already. Oh, New England's going to win it. It's over. I watched the right side of the Philadelphia offensive line and Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson do whatever they wanted mm-hmm. to a very good and I would argue bigger and stronger Vikings defense than a Patriots defense. Sure. I saw two lines of Eagles defensive linemen get good pressure throughout the entire game, and the Patriots won't be able to take advantage of a lack of depth there. Sure, they have issues at linebacker. Sure, they have. They could maybe be taken advantage of in the secondary. It's Tom Brady. He's going to get some throws. But if that offense goes out there and they can do what Jacksonville did, which was mess with the linebacker safety, stay consistent with it, and Nick Foles can make all of the throws that Blake Bortles missed yesterday, sure. specifically that Leonard Fournette dump off when they're trying to win the game, the Eagles are going to be in this game. I agree. Easily. I, I don't I. I mm. I don't think that I think they have a chance to win. They also could easily lose, but this is going to be a good game. No, I agreed. It is going to be a good game. Again, the Eagles are the more talented team on the field. They, they will have the the better allotment of players. And the other thing I'll say too, just to add to it, you know, uh, even as compared to a Minnesota or a Jacksonville, your Eagles team is more you know malleable on a week to week basis. Right. Their your offense will oh we got a few new wrinkles. We got a different cha- you know plan of attack this week, and Jim Schwartz will definitely do that on defense where the Jaguars, the Vikings, they don't really do that much different stuff creatively. Right. And yeah, I think it's going to be a very good chess match. Um, the only only thing is, is you know, you got to deal with Belichick with two weeks of preparation. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Right. Uh, to that point, though, right. we had someone in our office say, his name's Kenneth, I'm just going to say. Muscles. Uh, muscles. Uh, he said that, what should the Eagles do next year? Yeah. Do you play Carson Wentz or Nick Foles? 
I'm not going to entertain that, but I am having people in the comment section saying, what do you do in the future? Guys, Carson Wentz is the future. Mm -hmm. It's not even a debate. It's not even close. I don't even want to really justify it. But I will say, can you talk about what you're seeing out of Foles? Because that performance yesterday, the fact that it's even made a conversation for some is incredible. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing that jumped out to me is the game planning by Doug Peterson. That's the first thing. Just some of the easy completions early on, right? These RPOs where we're going to fake the run to the left. The left side of the line is going to pull out there. We might give the ball. uh, But if we get the look we have on the right against the receivers man-to-man which looked like a lot of the times yesterday throw the slant route behind it whatever it may be so that uh first of all is great game planning uh, i think the rest of it is really just foals taking advantage of what's been there you had tremendous pass protection tremendous. the run game has been pretty damn good as well people are worried about your offensive line and them imposing their physicality and then hey he threw you know, the flea flicker touchdown pass to Torrey Smith was as good as you can throw a deep ball. You know, the Alshon Jeffrey play, that was a blown coverage with just unbelievable pass that was protection. Carson Wentz-like. But he hung in there and, yes, didn't abandon ship and said, The last oh, wait, few weeks, if he got blown on by a staunch breeze, he, he was, was going to get out, you know, no doubt. And he would lose control of the football, too. So, to me, that's where I just look at the completions that are there to be had. He's hitting it every time. He's not making mistakes. Your O-line's dominating the line of scrimmage. Right. And Doug Peterson's got a few little wrinkles uh, the last few weeks just to keep defenses honest. What is your level of confidence in Foles heading into the Super Bowl? Oh, I, I mean, is he Carson Wentz to me? No, not, definitely not. But uh, to me, yeah, he can win the Super Bowl. You guys, mm. you guys are a good football team. It's don't you don't need the franchise quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, hey. Um, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, he wasn't the franchise quarterback. People forget that. You know, it was Kurt Warner. He was supposed to be, I'm going to win my second Super Bowl. Tom Brady's just a game manager. He and goes Tom 18 Brady, for 25 yeah. and two touchdowns. And that's what he did the first three years of his career. And, and Tom can Brady, that until that final drive of that Super Bowl, right. really, he didn't really do that much great stuff. No. It was that throw to Troy Brown across the middle that put them in Got a field the goal going. position that right. people went, who is that? Like yes. this, maybe we should take this guy seriously. Yeah. Uh, I thought everything from watching dune buggies, f- like going up the rocky steps after the game. I did see some fires. I saw some crazy celebrations. I can't imagine what it's like to be a Vikings fan, mm. where the whole season you're going, this is our magical year. We are going to play the Super Bowl at home. And now instead, in one week, all of the Eagles fans are coming to your city to celebrate for a week right. in a position that you thought you were going to be in. I can't imagine what it's like. I want to say unbelievable year for Minnesota. Yep. I think that they were just very banged up over the Saints game. Thielen looked banged up. Xavier Rhodes looked banged up. Alshon Jeffrey was having his way with him. We talked about the thinness of their defense thinness all of the D-line. Right. It all sort of happened. Yep. Um, and it's a little bit like that celebration, the balloons and all that. They pop and there's nothing left. Right. But Unbelievable year for the Vikings. Unbelievable I want to celebrate them before we keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it it really was. It was a great year. I mean, the fact that they battled back, nobody gave them the chance with Case Keenum as a starting quarterback. You know, they lose Dalvin Cook. We said, oh, no, now they lost Dalvin Cook. That really takes away a big weapon of their team. They still persevered through that. Um, They're a really good football team. They're not going anywhere. They need a few pieces. Like they got to add some depth to that defense. I mean, I I think you're exactly right. I mean, with the, the celebration... 
the way they won in the divisional round, and the fact that they have no depth on their defense all culminated to just a physical whooping. Mm. I have never seen one play change a game, though, like that. As I went home— You were bringing up this. Right. It was 7-0 Minnesota. They stopped the Eagles to get the ball back after driving down at will. And from an Eagles fan perspective, the worst thing happened at the end of that drive. That they attacked a surprise inactive Danelle Ellerby. They attacked Najee Good and miscommunication between linebacker and safety. And that's the worst because I was like, they found our weakness. They have the ball up 7-0. Case Keenum, third down, open receiver. Chris Long gets his hand on Case Keenum, intercepted by Robinson, returned for a touchdown, 38 straight points, game over, and it all changed on that one play. All on the one play. And, and, and you know, I'm sitting there, honestly, watching the game, and you know I was there with you, and we had the same thoughts. I mean, they went down the field, and I said, oh. wow, that was kind of easy. Then they, you're right, they make the stop, they get the ball back, they get another first down. You know, we, they got a first down before he throws the pick six. Right. So we get a, it's third and ten. He gets a twelve-yard completion completion to Diggs, and I'm going, "Ooh, this doesn't look good." Like the Vikings look like the better team right now, right. and they got to go. Got the helmet in his back, right? So and it slowed him down. So now, now it's third down, and I'm I'm watching the play, and I'm going, "Oh, he's going to throw another completion for a first down to the guy behind Patrick Robinson." Our man Rashad Hill, who we were worried about. Yeah, right tackle. He, Chris Long gets pressure, and the game was just never the same. Now Minnesota had a chance to climb back in it at a fourteen to seven. But then, you know, the gr- I mean, you know my pet peeve. They we're going to have a tight end on the right side of the formation come over and block the first round defensive end out of Tennessee and think he can block him man to man. Oh, he didn't. Strip sack fumble. It was going to be 14-7 yes. at the worst. It could have been 14-10 to there right. with a little momentum. Instead, it ends up being 21-7, to and then it ends up being 3-and-out, yeah. and then it ends up being 24-7 to as, as time expires Bruce in the first half. Bruce just got in the comments section. What up, Bruce? He wrote, he wrote, the field goal right before halftime ripped their hearts out. Ripped their hearts out. It did, because then yes. they got the ball to start the right. second half. Flea flicker, 31-7. to Right, and you just go, man. That's you, 17 points. You feel different when you go in down 20-1-7. to You go, we're only two scores out right. here. We get one more score. This game's fine, but you go and going, damn, we're three scores down and they're getting the ball. Yeah. You know, and also people get tight. And also I think the fact that on that field goal drive was that out and up to Ertz on Harrison Smith. Yes. And there's something to me about having a big play on one of the leaders of a defense sure. that really shakes you to your core. Sure. You know, if Malcolm Jenkins misses a tackle, right. it's a really big deal right. compared to whether Corey Graham misses a tackle. Right. If you see people running it right at Fletcher Cox right. and getting first down, you're going, oh crap, we're in trouble. Yeah, right. like LeGarrette Blunt steamrolling Sandejo. I was like, <laughs> it would have been, if that was Harrison Smith, yes. they would have been dead right there. You know, <laughs> right, those, those right. moments happen. Big question for the Vikings also is what do you do at quarterback? next season. All three are free agents. Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and by the way, their offensive coordinator officially going to the Giants. Rough weekend for the Giants. It's going to be a Boston-Philly Super Bowl, and your new head coach just scored seven points to get an arch rival in the NFC Championship game. (laughs) It's tough. It is tough. Who are you going with? Okay, so the, 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 just to talk it out, I mean, Bridgewater, first of all, that's going to have to be somewhat of a medical decision. You're going to have to go all right, what do we realistically expect out of him next year? Can he legitimately be a starting quarterback and execute the way he did before he got hurt? So there, they're going to have to figure that out. I think at the end of the day, GM I, if, you, Chris Sims. if you made me pick a guy. Gosh, that's what I'm doing right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. It's between Keenum and Bradford. Gosh, I don't know what I'd do. I guess I would keep Case Keenum. 
and just try to go forward with that. Try to probably, um, you know, what do so I want to sign him to a long term deal? So, try to franchise but, but, tag, but also hold his feet to the fire and get it to be the deal that is works for the team as well, not to where they have to allot like forty five million guaranteed to him. Right, something that makes sense on both sides. And are you letting the other two go? No, and I think they're probably if Teddy, they just feel like is healthy enough, they bring him back to be the backup at right. like four to five million a year, something like that. That's what I would envision. Bradford, I think you know Bradford. I don't think he's going to want to settle for coming back and being the backup for Keenum or being in a quarterback duel with him, and he's probably going to end up somewhere else. I look at it like this. At this point of his career, and he's can fragile. you realistically right. put right. the future of your franchise on Sam Bradford? Yes. I think that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's investing in property on an earthquake line. Yeah, it's not you. good. Right. Teddy Bridgewater, I think you might be able to get it at a discount rate yes. as that backup maybe future. Right. And that's why I might franchise tag Keenum. Mm. Get him to the one year, not a long-term thing. Sure. You talked about how thin they are at so many other places. Yes. That money needs to be spent well to build up or else this window is going to close before it even opened. So I'm trying to keep Case and Teddy. I think Sam has to go. I, I just think that... No, I think that's, that's what made my decision is just yeah. prior injuries. You're right. You don't know what you can trust. I mean, here, I mean, here we were this year. Week one, whoa, it's the greatest game he ever played. The knee's a little banged up. What? He's not playing this week? What? He's not playing next week? Yeah. Oh, we, he's out the whole friggin' year. We joked that it was going to be a tease, yes. and it truly it was. was a tease. But I know. We'll I know. see. Yeah. You're going Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, future the I Vikings. think so, yes. Um... So something happened week 14 Mm. uh, when Carson Wentz went down. Uh, I said that, you know what, for me, for it to be a successful season for the Eagles, I would need two wins in the playoffs, some form of Vikings-Falcons or Panthers-Saints. They did it. Yeah. Eagles are playing with house money in my book. I didn't think they would get to this point. It's great. But something hit me for me to realize that the Eagles can actually win this Super Bowl, and it happened at week 14. You said that this team reminded you of the 1990 New York Giants team. Yeah. And I did a little Pepe Sylvia digging. And I've, Pepe. and I've realized that the Eagles are just like the 1990 Giants, and they're going to win the Super Bowl, and here's the reason why. 1990 Giants, Week 15, they had a young rural school qu- quarterback drafted in the top 10 that wore number 11, and he got hurt. Right, he, te- he, he broke his foot. He broke his foot. The, the hick from French Lick right Phil here. Phil Sims. <laughs> well, what do you know? The 2017 Eagles, top 10 pick at a small rural school that wears number 11, tears his ACL in the last few games of the year. Mm. Now, both teams' offenses looked super rough in the last few weeks. In fact, both teams had a vaunted defense that allowed over 400 yards in one of those games. Right. The questions were swirling. <laughs> Who did the Giants turn to? They turned to Jeff Hostetler, who, a third-round pick that was so frustrated with the game, he contemplated retirement that season. Right. Who did the Eagles turn to? A third-round pick in Nick Foles that was frustrated with the game and was contemplating retirement earlier that season. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> That's crazy. In the playoff games, this is what the Giants did. They blew out an NFC North team, and then they went on to beat the reigning NFC champions by scoring 15 points. The Philadelphia Eagles blew out an NFC North team and then also beat the NFC champions by scoring 15 points. <laughs> crazy. 
Who did the Giants face in that Super Bowl? Bruce Lefko. Bruce Lefko? The Giants faced, they, the Giants were an underdog that yep. faced an AFC East team that would play in four Super Bowls that decade. Right. In the Super Bowl, the Eagles are the underdog to an AFC East team that are playing in their fourth Super Bowl this decade. <laughs> Except they win their Super Bowls. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Back in that Super Bowl, you know how the Giants won? Oh, uh, old Scotty Norwood. Scott Norwood. Missed it. Wide, wide right. Wide right. You know where Scott Norwood went to college? James Madison University. This is Goskowski. How dare you put the hex on Goskowski like this? You know like where this? he went to school? James not, ja- Madison. not James Madison. But. Madison Central High School. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's a Madison there. How dare you put the jinx on Guskowski like the that? Eagles I like him. The Eagles are the 1990 New York Giants. They will win the Super Bowl. Pepe Silvia is real. Just know where you heard it from first. Why right, Stephen Goskowski? Hey, I got a question. How great is that picture of that, your dad? I mean, that's unreal. Look at that. Can I keep that, actually? I, yeah, I brought that. It's on the internet. I just printed oh, it out. Okay. I brought this in, and Woody goes, is that is that Chris? And I go, no, it's it's Phil. Look at the haircut. Look at Phil. Dumb and dumber. Oh, haircut. Man. He's got it going. Uh, wait, wait, question. Who's Pepe Sylvia? Uh, have you uh, ever heard of a song uh, show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? No. Okay. It's a it's a skit. It's a from Philadelphia there. thing. Yeah, it's this guy and he traces all these things and he he, fi- he solves it by yeah. Right. I was just going all over the place. Uh, okay, cool. So it's crazy like it. though, isn't no, it? No, I know it's crazy. It, it really is. I mean, just the the comparisons, the similarities, all of it, very scary. Do you think that your dad can contact Jeff Hostetler? Do you think he lives in West Virginia? He does, yes. Do you think we can get him on the podcast? I mean, I'm sure we could figure it out. Dude, Jeff Hostetler? That would be kind of cool. Well, I mean, when's the last time has your dad talked? Do they have a good relationship? Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, my dad was never, like, bitter towards Jeff Jeff Hostetler at all. In fact, I've heard my dad say many times, like, you know, listen, was it easy to go through sitting there hurt watching them win the Super Bowl? No, it was not easy. It wasn't easy on me. I didn't. I had the. I had weird emotions. I can remember sitting there in Super Bowl twenty five in the stands, going, "Yeah, let's go Giants," and also going like, "Do I really want them to win?" Like I wasn't sure. I really wasn't because it's my father, and he yeah. was sitting down there on crutches, and I felt bad that he wasn't playing. You said after the game last night that Carson Wentz is going to go home and cry. Yes, he went and home a lot of people in the office said, "Why would he do that? He's got to be happy." And you said, "No, I've witnessed this." He's he went home and cried. This your dream come true as a football player is to play in the Super Bowl and to be a part of the team and the camaraderie. And right now he's on the outside looking in. No one called Carson Wentz to go to the celebration party after the party last night. I think you're wrong. I mean, they probably he did. went to Sunday night mass and he <laughs> loved it. But I guarantee he went home and was like, man, the team's going to the Super Bowl and I can't play. And that's that's tough. That's not only tough on him. His mom and dad probably cried last night. Yeah. You know, again, they're happy for the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. I was happy for the Giants too. But it's just a weird emotion because you know how much the loved one in your life or family yeah. has put into this moment and you're not going to be able to be there to, you know, bear the fruits. If CBS is smart, they get Hostetler on a plane, and your dad and Hostetler interview Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. If they're smart. You're right. That's the move. Or NBC. Yeah, it's NBC. M- NBC. Right. You'll, you're working the Super Bowl, right? I will be working the Super Bowl. Holy crap. Yes. Uh, but no, my dad always has said, I'm very grateful for Jeff, Jeff Hostetler. I think especially now when he looks back, he's got two Super Bowl rings, yeah. and Hostetler was a big part of that. Uh, theory. Theory. If you win a Super Bowl, it's one Super Bowl, you get a ring. Right. 
Giants fans are caught in a rock in a hard place because if the Patriots win, they got to hear from them. And if the Eagles win, that argument, you no longer have a Super Bowl, vanishes. Yes, and on. I don't think they know what to do. <laughs> I actually think, though, we need to discuss something. Yes. Winning a Super Bowl is one. I think beating the Patriots is worth two. It's worth like an extra half a Super and Bowl. And I think beating the Patriots when it could be their last hurrah and this is the last time when the band's together yeah. counts as three. Right. I think if the Eagles win, they've won three Super Bowls. When you beat the Patriots, it's worth more than a Super Bowl. I'll like say the that. Giants have four Super Bowls <laughs> in the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, it's something special. I would also argue that they've won six Super Bowls because I think upsetting the Patriots' perfect season was worth four. <laughs> so I think they get two for the first one, four for the second one, second one is six. I think that ending the, the Patriot legacy is worth three. That's if I'm doing it based on Super Bowls. I mean, you're, you're taking into account that you think like Brady and Belichick won't be back next year. Like They're going to be in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl they're going to be back. Th- we're doing podcasts, Sims and Lefko, next year at this time. You're about Super Bowl 53. The Patriots did it again. They're Defensive back coordinator <laughs> Brian Flores is a right. hot coaching candidate. Right. Offensive coordinator <laughs> Bob Timmy that he took from the lunch line is the greatest OC ever. Exactly. Uh, they do this without Dante Hightower, Edelman, Gronk. It's fucking crazy. It's amazing. They're amazing. He's the greatest coach ever. We need to appreciate ever. that. Yes, And that was do. your Simpsons 60. It was. Is it, It's like the spur. We only appreciate it when it's gone. Yes. You know? No, this is a phenomenal trio. I'll say it once again. These are truly Belichick disciples. They only know Belichick way of football. They got in and scouting. They had to learn the opposite side of the football that they eventually started to work on. Like McDaniels had to do the defensive breakdowns. Patricia had to do the offensive breakdowns. It, everything about it is Belichick. They're going to go on and be successful, but you're right. Appreciate it. And uh, even yesterday, I think yesterday's again, I'm going to say it, is one of their greatest moments they've ever had. Mm-hmm. It, it, they were so outmanned in that football game and so much the lesser team on the field. That's why I told you I, I've never seen Belichick that happy because he literally was like taking off like, we beat these motherfuckers. I can't believe it. They're so fucking much better than us. But we did it. I don't know how, but we mm-hmm. did it. I mean, that's really the feeling I got. Yeah. And Dustin Baggett, I, I believe in the comment section, is talking about me being a Patriots hater. I appreciate the Patriots, and I have given sermons about how Bill Belichick needs to be respected, and I love that guy. But understand for the next two weeks, yeah, this okay. is the Good. few time I'm putting the hat on, and I'm just going to tell you, let's see if you can beat us without Spygate. What's your, what's your buddy there saying? What's his buddy? What's our buddy that just commented? He that? just got destroyed. Don't Let's just see how you do. When you aren't recording our practices. That's a low blow. Should I go full heel on no, this? No, that's a low blow. That's, that's You're an much. asshole. I'm going to the Patriots <laughs> now. Screw you. <laughs> that, that, I will not let you do that to the Bill Belichick Patriots. Dude, I don't know if... I was going to say, I don't know if McNam wants to show up. If he shows up, everyone's going to ask him about vomiting for two weeks. Yeah, I know. I saw. I wouldn't show up if I, I, I was saw him. McNabb vomit in the game I played against. I was The year yeah. I hurt my spleen, he vomited. You talked about how amazing it was for Brady. Uh, of course, everyone wants to know what Chris Sims has to say about Blake Bortles. Oh, gosh. He played really well. He did. He, pl- I'll let you go. Take this moment. Well, I mean, he played one of the best games I've ever seen him play in his career. I mean, he really did. I mean, he executed the game plan perfectly in, in a lot of facets, and he put his team in a position to win the football game. But again, people have to take context of what happened in this game, Okay. Again, look at some of the throws. Did he make some good throws down the field? Certainly. That was a nice back shoulder throw he made the one the time, I think, quarter, to Alan yeah. Hearns, right? Uh, 
you know, certainly there's things to be look at and go, wow, that was a good job. But also, let's take into account, I mean, again, I think we have to start with this. The Jaguars were the better football team. If we took the 22 starters from the Patriots and the 22 starters from the Jaguars, I think you have, and you try to make the perfect team, I think you have five Patriots and 17 Jaguars. I mean, I think you go Brady, Gronk, Shaq Mason. I'll give Devin McCourty one of the safety positions. And then maybe one of the receivers. I'd probably give Brandon Cooks, somebody like that, the other nod. The other but 17. The rest of the offensive the line. The other 17 running players. Running back. Defensive line, linebackers, McCourty's the only defensive starter from the Patriots. Who who are you going to take off? Who are you going to take off the Jaguars, right? You know? So, yes, that's how much more talented they were. The game plan for Jacksonville on a week-to-week basis, listen, this is where I started this whole thing, okay? It is to manage Blake Bortles. The reason Gus Bradley is no longer the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is because he tried to have Blake Bortles be like a normal quarterback. Oh, well, we can drop him back and he'll make throws. And no, he can't. That's why they went three and thirteen. Marone and Coughlin came in and said, "We can't ask this guy to be something he's not, and he can't throw the ball that good. So we got to come up with a million ways to throw screens and tight end fake the block and release in the flat." Yeah. Okay. And I'll say this: he executed those plays perfectly. He did. Yes. Yesterday in the first half. The screens, the draws, the indirects, all that. I mean, they right. had the Patriots' head spinning. Spinning. And what Bortles is capable of doing, Bortles gave almost all of it. Yes. What you witnessed, guys out there, was the best game that Bortles can probably ever play. And if you believe you can win the Super Bowl with that, then you stick with Blake Bortles. Listen, I know this is but why— But there are people out there with more capabilities, and that's what you're saying. That's what, see, people They're being hamstrung by— him. You, they can't run a normal offense because they're always trying to protect him. Hashtag we s- kneeled on the ball with 55 seconds and two timeouts against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Like you didn't think they might make a run to come back? No, they did that because they... That's a really long hashtag. Well, I, but they've been... <laughs> but they've been... They've learned their lesson. Doug yeah. Marone knows. Like I, I've seen this book before. We try to go down, he throws an interception and New England gets extra points. So they have to manage to get third and 11. We're going to run a draw play because I can't trust my quarterback to throw it. Last three plays, they had the football. We're going to run it all three downs. I can't trust them to throw one ball to put this game away. We're going to run it all three downs and just try to use their timeouts. Those are the things you got to look at. Added to the fact where we got to this conversation was, yes, they're the most talented team in football. Two, I mean, all the... I mean the rec- he's he's set he set records in pick sixes, turnovers his first 3 years in the NFL. Um garbage time yardage. Uh has he ever had a fourth quarter comeback? Does anybody know that? Can we even look that up? I mean, because last time I checked, that's kind of being an important part of a quarterback. His stats when they have the lead are so underwhelming because they don't trust him to throw the ball when they have the lead, a la the second half of the game. So him not being able to throw the ball, how much did that impact the Jags? Six fourth quarter comebacks. Six fourth quarter, yeah. and I would love to look at the context of those as well. Right? Does a defensive interception? Right. Yeah. It, count? Yes, it counts as right. A fourth quarter comeback. The defense could score two touchdowns in the fourth, and he gets the comeback. Um, how much of that? Like, what happened in the second half? Did the Jags really mess it up, or was uh, it just Brady? This is what they did, and. This is the greatness of the New England Patriots. I mean, think about the game. We were watching the game. It was, oh my gosh, but they can't stop the power run. Okay, we got the power run handled. Okay, now 
Now they can't stop the bootleg. Guy in the flats, wide open every time. Okay, they got that handle. They got, they stopped that. Now they can't stop the back coming out of the backfield just on the check down. Oh, okay, we got that back. Now, now he's dropped back and passed. He's got seven seconds to throw the football. Okay, yeah. we got to start blitzing him because, I mean, even Blake Bortles is going to hit somebody open for seven seconds. So, yes, you know, they managed the game the way they've done it the, all year long. They didn't vary from what they did. He made one variation the whole year, and that was the Arizona Cardinals game, and he threw yes. an interception. He's going to go, I'm playing conservative. I'm going to play through my defense, and that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. And their defense made two big stops in the fourth quarter. They did. You know, Danny Amendola. Had a great punt return and set them up for Think what? The Patri- a thirty-yard drive. The Patriots win the game. Moved down the field to score those two drives. One, well, pass interference calls on Brandon Coleman were yep, huge. Right, uh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Uh, and then it was a flea flicker. And then what was the other one? The wide receiver throwback. But like that's how they advanced the ball, and they ended up fumbling yeah, on that yeah, one. Right. But yeah, they didn't really move the ball, and then it was just underneath Amendola on Miles Jack. And on that one drive where they scored the final touchdown, they lost Marcel Darius and Miles Jack on that drive. Right. They just couldn't get two stops in the last. And when you look at Tom Brady, first three quarters, 17 of 24 for 152. Fourth quarter, 9 of 14 for 138 and two touchdowns. They're the ultimate four quarter team. You've heard, we've said this before. They're the only team I know that runs wind sprints after practice still, like the old days or during practice. I, I mean, that was the only team I ever worked for or played with, like when I was with Josh McDaniels in Denver, where I was like, Damn, it's week nine. We're really going to have to get on the line here and run right now? Like, nobody else does that. They make you execute for 60 minutes of football, and if you falter or mess up, you better watch out. And, yes, I mean, you know, again, okay, we'll get back. Now, this is the other thing I'm hearing all day today. Oh, the blown calls. It was so— Yeah, let's put up those statistics of the penalties because, look, when you're in a game with the Patriots and there is a penalty disparity, it upsets people. Does the NFL—do people really think that the NFL wants the Patriots to go back to the— Super Bowl that talk about how they're scripted. Uh, Jacksonville had six penalties for 98 yards. Patriots had one penalty for 10 yards, and they got what's three scripted? First down. What do you mean? Oh, that like they just want the Patriots to win, and, and it's a, the, it's, it's a, the opposite though. The NFL doesn't want the they don't want a dynasty. That's why they've set the rules the way they've made them. They made the salary cap and free agency because people like Pete Rozelle and Paul Tagliabue, the 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 commissioners before Goodell, said. I'm sick of seeing the 49ers in the Super Bowl every year. I'm sick of seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl every year. Do we think Goodell really wants to hand over the trophy to Kraft right. again? So to, for that, like the conspiracy theories there, that is, I'm throwing the challenge flag on all of you. Trust me, the NFL does not want to see New England go to the Super Bowl, you know, three out of every four years, every other four years. Yeah. Uh, so then, okay, let's get back some to the of, penalties. Yeah, some of the calls that are being questioned the most are the Bouye pass interference one, which they said he didn't get around. Well, I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, he didn't look at the ball, and he cut off Brandon Cooks where he was running and pushed him out of bounds. And then, as the ball started to land, he turned around and did that. No, that was, it was pass interference to me. Listen, if they made it a no call, I wouldn't have been like mad. I wouldn't right. have, but I, I thought that was a justifiable call. What other Jaylen, calls? Jalen Ramsey and right. his pass interference? Okay. So they're jumped no, all over him. Those two plays are over 50 yards. Okay. Then there's the the personal foul to Gronk's head. Right. So now we're at 65, Which 70 yards. Which I don't think was malicious, but I agree it's with the 15-yard penalty. Right, exactly right. So, yeah, exactly right. Church and Marone admitted that was a penalty. So yeah. there you go. I mean, th- that's right there. Now, uh, the only play I could sit there and look at, if I'm a Jacksonville fan, that I'd be angry about is the fact that the whistle was blown on the Miles Jack strip. You know, I mean, he's going to score a touchdown. 
He's, he stripped the ball out of Deion Lewis's hand on that trick play, and he did not look like he was down by yeah. contact. And that would have been twenty-seven to ten. Yeah. What do you think about that? The the, the blowing of the whistle, and it was a delayed blow of the whistle. It like was, once Miles Jack clearly had the ball in his possession. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, listen, they 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 blew it. I don't know why they didn't let the call go. They've been letting it go all year. They let it go all year. I, I want to say this to everyone. I'm right. seeing people talk about TV revenue and all that stuff. It's the Super Bowl. It's a national holiday. And what's so funny is they go, oh, it would have been better ratings if it was this or that. The true thing is, is we've never known if it was going to be better ratings. Every year they compare it year over year. So they're going to compare this year's rating to last year's rating. And yeah. they're going to go, oh, maybe the Atlanta market was better than the Philadelphia market. It gets back to statistics and all that stuff. The Patriots definitely make it a national game. Definitely. Because it's Brady, it's Belichick, it's the faces you know and you love and all that stuff. The NFL's been paid already, guys, though. So then you're in soon. Because they've already got their money from the TV deal. They're, they're, they've already got it. It doesn't matter. The commercials being sold for the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. It's already money in their pocket. It's all about... So now what everybody is basically saying is NBC has paid paid the referees. That's right. what they're saying. Because NBC is the Super Bowl, and you're saying they wanted the Patriots, so they, they are the ones that are paying the referees. This is what happens. I know. When you're a team that yeah. is very successful, when you're a person that is successful, it is very re- easy for other people to say why you're successful without doing it. And the true thing is, is it's all the cliches. They, the early bird gets the worm. Bill Belichick outworks yeah, people. Yeah, I know. Everybody, They're just a better football let's team. Let's appreciate it. Let's just appreciate it. Let's stop like fighting it. I understand. Because when you root, when you see a consistent winner, it makes you feel bad that you're still losing. I get it. And I get it, too. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But the true thing is, is that's a reason there's a sliding scale. And they are the tippy top of that scale. I mean, I grew up in the Michael Jordan era here against the New York Knicks. The fans here, I mean, they felt the same way, right? I mean, I, I know the Red Sox fan felt the same way when Jeter and the Yankees were were winning it every year and doing that stuff too. It was the same kind of thing. Like, let's just appreciate it. Be a sports fan. Realize that this is like greatness that we have never seen in the sport of football. They literally made the rules to make things even. And the one thing that hasn't happened is 31 teams are even, but there's one team that's just on another platform than the rest. And we just have to give respect to it and stop fighting it and being a hater towards it. That's just my thought. Man, uh, we are going to be spending, for everyone that's asking very game-specific questions about Eagles and Patriots, uh, episode 150, which is going to be on Wednesday, uh, you are going to go and do a deep dive of the film, as you always do, look at what the Patriots did, the Eagles, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into kind of the thoughts there. Uh, Thursday and moving forward, that's when we're going to start doing our game previews. Okay. Like, really, like, in-depth kind of looking. I want you to look at the film, see what they're doing, but it's it's two weeks, Mm -hmm. and uh, man, what's your feeling right now? Like, what's your initial feeling? My initial? Five and a half point Patriot favorite. (sighs) I have no problem with the line, but I think this game's going to be close. I mean, you know, whatever the spread is, the, the Eagles might be winning by one point with two minutes left, and Brady goes down, and they score a touchdown, and they win by six, they cover the spread, whatever. I think it's going to be a good game. The Eagles have better players on their team, and the Eagles are better up front on both sides of the football. They are. Now, you guys have not seen a passing attack to this level. Like you're going to see all. every scheme ever invented in in the history of mankind. Well, we saw the Rams and they hung up a like a thirty spot on right. Them. So, so yes, and this is more intricate than that. And, and, and of course, they have two weeks to prepare for it. But that's the other thing I like about what you guys have here. 
you know, this is you guys can throw a lot of stuff at them. Schwartz is from the parts. I mean, the Belichick school of coaching. He's not going to just come out there and realize, oh, I'm just going to line up in the same things I've done all year against Bill Belichick and Brady. No, he'll change it up. He's going to have game specific things there. And Doug Peterson throughout the playoffs here has been phenomenal. So J.R. Santos asks, what up, are JR? The, are the Eagles better than the Jaguars? As a total team, no. I mean, they're not as talented. I think their scheme is more dangerous, though, to the Patriots. I think, no, you know my thoughts. Nobody's better than the Jaguars. That's the best, like, 53-man roster in football, and it's really the best def- one of the best defenses I've ever seen. Again, I don't mean to sit here and hate on Blake Bortles. That defense would be even statistically way better if it wasn't put in so many tough positions all year because they can't throw or they had games where Bortles right. couldn't hit a target and they had to be on the field all game or they had to score defensive touchdowns for them to win the game. But um, what was the answer? Who's there? a better team? You were talking about you say that the Jaguars are more talented, but the Eagles scheme and overall yes, you like better. I do. Yeah. I think it's more creative on a week to week basis. I think it can like Jacksonville, as we've talked about, they just line up and say, This is what we do. We're gonna run it right up the middle with Leonard Fournette. Oh, you got nine guys there? We're still gonna run it. Look, we got four yards. You can't even stop it. You got nine guys there. I mean, yeah. that's the I, way they are. Man, Jacksonville was kicking their ass yesterday. Kicking their ass. That's kicking why I'm ass. telling you. That's why Belichick was like, I've never seen him take off this yes. and go. Like, he was like, holy. He said, wow. He was like, wow. We've slain the dragon. I mean, that's what he, I, I just, I know just having been up there for that one year and being around them, those are the teams that scare Bill because he just goes. Jaguars, you mean. Yeah, those type of teams scare him. That's why Aaron Rodgers scared him because he go, he would go. I could have the best game plan and scheme ever, but they're just so good they can overcome it. It doesn't even matter. And that's really kind of what happened the first three quarters of the game. I I will say this. I've never seen him get that excited either. Yeah. Like even Super Bowls, he just kind of smiles. The and first walks Super out. Bowl, maybe, but other than that, yeah. He then later, of course, was given the AFC championship trophy and handed it over, wasn't interested. But he did celebrate for 20 seconds. And you know what that's making me realize? What? It was very uncharacteristic of him. That means that right now, Bill Belichick is 20 seconds behind in his preparation for the Eagles. Yet again, another reason. The Eagles are looking good. 20 seconds he celebrated. 20 seconds that could have been spent thinking about Fletcher Cox. Damn. He's slipping. The guy is slipping. <laughs> Bill Belichick cheered for 20 seconds. So, I mean, first of all, this is why I love him, okay? Because he got that trophy and he goes, I don't really give a shit about this trophy. Like, <laughs> I'm in this I'm in this game for one trophy, and it's the one that I get for the next win. He could care less. Here you go, Kraft family. Put it in your, you know, your trophy case and we'll move on. That's what he's amazing for. Did and, you like him handing over the trophy or him rocking the guns out at the press conference? The guns, the, the guns are hilarious. He should think about this. You win in Boston, so yeah. you're out on the road, in Boston, in Foxborough, with all of the national media there, and you say, I'm going to walk out in a cut-off t-shirt with my hairy arms hairy out. Hairy arms. Hairy arms out. I know. Um, he's the head coach. He doesn't care. Do you think he does that on purpose? He just is like, he's probably in the locker room kind of getting undressed, and his assistant, Bears, John Jerry, and Krabby came in and goes, all right, they're ready for it. And he's like, oh, all right, here I come. So I see these these coaches, and they're dancing with their teams. Like the Eagles were dancing with the, like the, the Meek Mill, and Doug Peterson was trying to dance too. Never. What happens in the Belichick after the game, in the Belichick locker room? Good job. We did some things well. 
There's a lot of things we got to clean up. We didn't play good in the first half, guys. Does I mean, he ever individually say props to somebody? Oh, yeah. He's good at that. If he says your name, what happens to people? Oh, no, he won't do it in front of the whole group. What do you he, mean? I, he'll do more or less going to go to that person specifically somewhere this week and go, hey, you know, you did some good things last Never week. Never in front of the group. No, he's not really big on that. No, he's not going to give you public praise. You know, even like last night, I'm watching the press conference, right? And, you know, he, t- he takes the shot at Brady. Like, you know, I mean, it's not open heart surgery, yeah, yeah. right? And my wife goes, man, he couldn't just give him a little credit. And I just said, <laughs> I was just like, no, he know. He's the coach. He's not he he knows what makes Tom Brady operate. He's yeah. not here to go, "Oh, Tommy, you were so good and gutsy and tough and oh, it was so nice you got us to the Super Bowl." No, that's why they win. Cuz he knows he's the head coach. He's the general of the ship. It's not there to be like pat people on the back. It's about what can I do to make my team better? Yeah. And he knows he's not going to sit there and suck off Brady. It's funny because, you know, right now we have this guy, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know him, Gary Vaynerchuk, who is out there. And and so much of his speech is stop celebrating wins and just grind. Yeah. Do the hustle. Right. And he's he, it's this entrepreneurial thing that all entrepreneurs have where they're like, I'm a hustler, I'm a grinder. I've been with him. I told you I had dinner with him. But here's what's funny about it to me. Yeah. Is everyone loves to watch the videos about it, but they still go out and celebrate. Everybody, and the thing yeah. that makes Belichick great is: Do I want to like hang out with Belichick? No, like I would love to shoot the shit with him and learn like from him. But like, he lives his life differently than me. Producer Josh, producer Josh is so productive that it it hurts my brain. Some people's brains, your brain, you can sit in your house and watch eight football games back to back to back with copious notes and go, that was a good day. After the first one, I'm going, all right, I'm going out to get a hamburger. You know what? Let me, I could do it. Let me have a milkshake too. And then I come back in four hours and maybe I watch another game because I congratulate the one. My brain doesn't work like that. Right. Belichick's brain is the highest level. Highest level. Highest. And it never stops. It never quits. Everything. And he has probably all of his folders perfectly mapped out. He loves the grind. That's what he loves. He loves it. And it's not romantic. It's not fun. It's not a good movie premise. Invincible is a great movie presence. Rocky is a great movie presence. They don't make movies like... Even the beautiful mind. He was a janitor and all that. You rarely is it, here's a super successful person that always works hard. That's, that's just, that's never it. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die, man. And there you go. You know, it's just, it's nobody wants, and we've talked about this before. I mean, yeah. When my coach friends ask me questions about New England, there's really never a follow-up because they don't like the answer to the first one. It was, it's too hard, that answer. What? What? He's already done with the draft for next year? Yeah. What? How does that happen? Because uh, they want they want you to say, oh, he watches the fourth quarter plays before the first quarter I, they, plays. They're like, that's it. Now I can be Belichick. Yeah. Nope, nope. He just gave away and sacrificed his whole life. That's what he's done, and yeah, that, that's the problem. How the world has shifted on Doug Peterson. Yes, good for him. Oh, man. Yeah. Man, Lombardi had to like issue an apology. Did he? Well, not he didn't have to, but I think he tweeted out like he proved me wrong. Good. Good. Yeah. Lombardi's a man man enough of to course. do that stuff. He's I mean, Belichick's boy. Again, yes, again. I mean, this is not a foolproof sport. You're not always going to be right about everything. You're going to miss certain, you know, scouting, whatever it may be. And, yeah, Lombardi saw some issues there that he didn't like, and obviously Philadelphia cleaned them up. Man. 
Uh, Steve Wilkes, the front runner for the Cardinals head coaching job. Yeah. Surprising. What do you think? No, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked there. Uh, you know, I don't know Steve Wilkes. People speak really highly of him. I do like what his defenses do. I think they're pretty creative. I think his defense will translate there to, well, excuse me, I'm burping. That was pretty gross. Ah, feels better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a good it, it's a good hire. Uh, by the way, I forgot you told me yesterday that your family was at a Vikings party. How? What did your son say about being at a Vikings NFC Championship game party and watching them get throttled? Yeah, because well, you know he was surveying the room. Oh, he was, and uh, I did. I asked them first of all. My wife, who knows nothing about football, I mean, she's completely fucking clueless. I promise you, she did not realize the Jags and Pats and Vikings and Eagles were playing until she saw it on the TV yesterday, and. She uh, she actually texted me when the game went to thirty one seven. Yikes! And I was like, "Damn, my wife's sitting there watching because she has no idea what's going on." But she heard everybody else complaining, like, "Oh gosh, what's going on?" And what did Philip say? Philip was just like, uh, "What did Philip say?" Hold on, hold on. He had a, he had a good comment. He goes, "Yeah." I knew Philadelphia was going to win. I said, you said the Vikings are going to win all week. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was rooting for the Vikings, Dad. I was rooting for the Vikings. But I, I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to win. And I said, Typical no, you didn't. Yeah. Typical like, no, you didn't. I should have bet on these. Shut up and go to sleep, Philip. That's amazing. Uh, last one, just other coaching candidate. Do you like Shermer Del Rio as the coaches for the Giants? Del Fuck Rio. no. Del Rio being rumored for the defensive coordinator. Sorry, I'm fine with Shermer. I don't get the Del Rio thing. You mean the Jack Del Rio defensive coach where the Broncos' defense was good and then he left and they became great with Wade Phillips? Or do you mean the Jack Del Rio defensive coordinator head coach of the Raiders that never had a defense above 25? I just don't even understand it. I don't get it. So whatever. Maybe they prove me wrong. That's certainly fine. Uh, I have no issues with the Shermer thing, but I do not understand the Jack Del Rio thing. Blake Pace uh, holding my feet to the fire saying, wait. Real quick, say that Sims lost all of his money last week. He did. <laughs> I did. He did. $1,600. And I broke even because the Eagles even. covered and the Patriots didn't. Uh, we are super excited for the next two weeks with the Sims and Lefko podcast. Please, won't you join us? We are going to Minnesota Sunday, Monday. We're going to be on Radio Row all week. Follow us on social media. If you follow me on at Adam Lefko on Instagram, I documented us watching the games yesterday. A lot of people said they liked it. A lot of people checked it out. Also, check out Sims and Lefko on Instagram and Twitter. The name is at Sims and Lefko. As always, listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you put in a five-star iTunes review, I know this is limited to American iTunes users. I'm sorry, but we'll read it. It's a guaranteed read. We love you so much. I'm still in shock. I had a moment this morning where I almost cried. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl. And we're going to be there. And we're going to be there. Guys, for Sims. Peace out, homie. Fendrick would say good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says good night. Holla at you. Eagles. Patriots. Here we go.